It's safe to say we've learned a few things about the U.S. during their time in Qatar. We certainly learned a few things about them in their 1-1 draw with Wales earlier this week. With that in mind, today we're looking at how players are doing and how things are going for the U.S. ahead of their matchup with England on Black Friday. We're getting all financial and looking at which USMNT stocks are up and which ones are down. I'm Joe Lowry and welcome to the Backheeled Show, where we bring you unique coverage of the USMNT in just 10 minutes or less. We'll be in your ears all throughout the U.S.'s run in Qatar. Here at Backheeled, we believe that just because soccer games are 90 minutes long doesn't mean that soccer podcasts have to be. So let's get to it and talk soccer and stocks. The first USMNT stock that I think has gone up so far in Qatar is Timothy Weah. Weah started on the right wing for the U.S. in their draw against Wales earlier this week, and he was dangerous for the U.S. He was probably their most consistently dangerous attacking player, often moving into space in behind Wales' back line, and that was key for the U.S. Greg Berhalter clearly designed this tactical game plan against Wales to get Weah into that space, and I think Weah delivered. He moved in behind 44 times, according to FIFA's training center stats. That's more than any other U.S. player, and once he got into that space, he was dangerous for them. He scored the U.S.'s only goal in that game against Wales, and he should start again and hopefully do something for the U.S. against England, really bringing that energy, aggression, and technical ability. Without Gio Reyna, Weah's role has been even bigger at this tournament than I thought it might be. He'll need to be big for the U.S. to get a result against England on Friday. The first USMNT stock that I think has gone down so far in Qatar is their transition attacking. The U.S. did not bring much of any juice in transition outside of Weah's goal, which was in sort of a pseudo-transition moment in the first half against Wales. Really, after that goal, the U.S.'s intensity dropped. They were not all that dangerous in transition. Either they were too slow or there were bad decisions, so really being slow with decision-making or being slow to literally move their bodies up the field and try to put a second pass Wales. Them not being dangerous in those moments allowed Wales to get back into the game. Walker Zimmerman makes a faulty challenge on Gareth Bale in the box. Bale scores, and all of a sudden it's 1-1, and the U.S. are walking out of that game against Wales with one point instead of three. That cannot happen against England. If the U.S. have moments where they can go in transition, they have to do just that. They have to go. England are likely going to give the U.S. some of those moments. I would expect England to have the majority of the possession. The U.S. have to be really lethal in those transition moments in a way that they just were not against Wales. I was somewhat caught off guard by how impotent the U.S. looked in those transition situations, given that under Berhalter, it's become increasingly clear that the U.S. is better when they can attack into space that's been created for them instead of space that they have to create for themselves. We'll see if that pattern changes and if this stock starts to trend upwards on Friday against England. Another stock that I think is up for the USMNT in Qatar is another player stock. It's Tim Ream. The 35-year-old was almost flawless against Wales. He regained possession more than all but one of his teammates defensively. He completed all but three passes for the US as well with a 96% completion rate. Now, I'm going to be honest, I don't generally put a ton of stock into passing completion percentages. I could stand two yards away from Walker's Zimmerman and complete 100 passes and complete all 100 of them. And my passing completion numbers would look really good. My team probably wouldn't look all that good, though. But Tim wasn't just completing those two-yard lateral passes. He was also breaking lines and getting the ball forward. He completed more line breaks than all but one of his teammates on Monday with 19 out of 20 attempts. That's 95% completion on those passes, basically just the same rate as his general passing completion rate. Reem brought quality on the ball. He brought quality in defense. 
He was excellent for the U.S. As I said earlier, almost flawless for them. England will be a much tougher test, but I think Berhalter's decision to bring Reem to Qatar in the first place and to start him next to Zimmerman on Monday was vindicated by how darn good Tim Reem was against Wales. Finally, one other stock that I think has gone down, we're staying on the player side, it's Christian Pulisic. Now, let me start out by saying that the U.S. do not score a goal against Wales if it's not for Christian Pulisic. He plays a lovely, and I mean lovely, through ball into Tamwea that gets the U.S. on the board. As I was watching that play, you could see the lane, and Christian Pulisic saw it too and delivered exactly what the U.S. needed in that moment. Another thing, though, that I really do believe about the U.S. against Wales is that they might have scored more goals if not for Christian Pulisic. Pulisic completed just one of his six set pieces. He didn't create much of any danger in those moments at all against Wales, and that's a problem. The U.S. hasn't done much under Baralter to convince me that they can be dangerous in open play moments, at least not against a set defense. Pulisic had a chance to elevate them on set pieces, and that is something that the U.S. can be really good at when they have Walker Zimmerman, when they have Weston McKinney, when they have Josh Sargent. They have monsters. They have players who can be some of the best set piece attackers in this entire tournament. But with Christian Pulisic taking and squandering those set pieces, it didn't matter, right? You can do whatever you want in the box. You can have the best, tallest players in the world. But if the ball's not getting there, it doesn't make any difference. That was a problem. And Pulisic's decision-making in some of the other transition moments outside of the goal was a problem as well. He was indecisive and and too slow in possession and too slow in transition for large stretches of that game against Wales. He's going to need to be better. With Gio Reyna's role still relatively uncertain for the U.S. against England, Pulisic, I think, is likely to start again. The U.S. need more of those through balls that get way on the scoreboard, that get the U.S. on the scoreboard, and far fewer of those poor set pieces and poor decisions that Pulisic made in transition against Wales. That's it for this episode of the Backheeled Show. That's all the stocks we have today. If you're looking for more U.S. coverage, check out Backheel.com for stories on the USMNT, the World Cup, and much, much more. 